I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is New York Times bestselling author Harlan Cohen. His new book is Win or Learn, The Naked Truth About Turning Every Rejection into Your Ultimate Success. You cannot fail. You can only win or learn. Harlan Cohen lays the framework for identifying your wants, taking the risks necessary to pursue them, and finding success no matter the outcome. His books have sold over one million copies, and he has helped countless readers navigate change and get comfortable with the uncomfortable. His most popular book, The Naked Roommate and 107 Other Issues You Might Run Into in College, is used as a textbook in high school and college classrooms around the world. A leading expert on social and emotional learning, leadership, grit, resilience, college readiness, navigating change, parenting, and getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. He's appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and on the Today Show. Welcome to the show, Harlan. Nice to have you here. Hi, Catherine. Thanks so much. Grateful to spend this time with you. Yeah, this is great, and uh, it's an exceptional day, right? Inauguration day, so uh, maybe we have a lot to talk about. And I think your book is great in the context of all that's happening now. Um, so, win or learn? We can't lose. You can only. You cannot fail. You say you can only win or lose. Uh, not win or lose. Win or learn. Right. So, what does that mean? Well, especially bringing it to a day like today. You know, I think today is really the pinnacle of, of, of a win or learn situation where you, you know, you have something you want and you have uh, things that you believe in and some people are going to believe in those things and some people aren't. And uh, we're going to all learn how to figure out how to move forward so that we can all get to a great place together. And, you know, that's, that's the way that we bring everything full circle. But uh, the, the win or learn title it's it's from Nelson Mandela's quote, I never lose, I either win or I learn. And again, someone who really fought a lifetime for respect, equality, uh, somebody who endured a lot of people who didn't give him what he wanted and worked tirelessly to continue to put what aligned with his spirit, with what was important to him out there, and ultimately was able to you know, teach, teach, teach the world and change in many ways. So that's, that's the, the title of the book. Um, I'd love to, to share more. Just, it's not just a, it's not just a, a, a way of, of presenting this information. It really is a mindset. And I know that you work with lots of, lots of individuals who, you know, beat themselves up a lot. And this idea that you can be forgiving of yourself, uh, you can release yourself of all the shame and guilt because life is about learning and winning along the way, but I can help you to be able to, you know, to get there by sharing steps along the way. All right, let's talk about some of those steps. You're absolutely right. We want to know how do we do it? What is the process? And that's obviously what you cover in your book. So taking risks yeah. necessary to pursue what we want and, as you say, finding success no matter the outcome. How do we do it? Yeah, so you know, you're somebody who's a risk taker. Would you say that? Is true. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would say that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just being out here, putting yourself out here is, is risky. And I know there's a lot of people out there who uh, are risk averse. You know, I know that this is about, it's about, you know, the book and, and more me, but I, I'm curious about you. Is there anything this year 
that you really want? Is there something that you're really excited about, something you're looking forward to, a risk that you're taking that, that maybe people know about or, or maybe don't know about? Well, this year is a, an exceptionally a very different kind of year, not just for me, but I think for most people, right? Being in sort of social isolation, not sort of, social isolation has been a, a challenge. Um, I've had my family living with me, uh, which is something that I've never had as an adult child and, and his wife and my three grandchildren. That was a risk. That is a risk. We chose to do that. Yeah. And, uh, and there were a lot of challenges. I don't know if that's the kinds of risks you're talking about, but it presented a lot of uh, cha- challenges and um, a lot of negotiating and navigating along the way. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the risks. I mean, there are a couple types of risks that we talk about. Some are the ones that we take that we willfully engage in, that we make a choice to participate in. And then there are those that are kind of thrust upon us. Um, you know, I think that quarantine, the uh, pandemic, uh, having family be forced to move in together, uh, you know, just for me, um, I'm a speaker. And I have had, uh, you know, in March, my whole entire calendar was wiped out. And the risk was I now had to figure out how to shift what I do so that I could be able to get what I want, which is to be able to take care of my family and help other people and, and be able to grow. So, you know, when it comes to risk-taking, it's not just, you know, people who uh, want to, you know, change their, you know, lose 30 pounds or uh, ask someone on a date. It really is all-encompassing. And what's really cool about the book and how I present this, and I'll share the steps with you, no matter where somebody is, no matter what they're experiencing that might feel uncomfortable, whether they're willfully engaging in this experience or it's being thrust upon them. A lot of people have lost loved ones. Um, Living your life in this new way is a risk. So all of these things uh, can be can be helped by using the the steps in the book. And, And the first one is, what do you want? And wanting is a really important thing because I think a lot of people don't really think about what they want um, in terms of wanting is really hard. Uh, Wanting is difficult because, well, we might not get it, which is painful, which I know you you deal with lots of people who who struggle with rejection. Uh, The second thing is you might get it, but then you have to keep it, which is really difficult, or you might get it, uh, then you will lose it. And everything in life is temporary. So when it comes to wanting, it really is attached to this vulnerability because whatever we want something, well, there's usually a history the more we go through life tied to the things we want and the experiences we've had. Or if there isn't a a specific history, there's this fear that I'm not going to get what I want uh, and that could be painful. And that's tied into... Uh, the, the, the second step, but in terms of, of wanting and everybody listening, this idea of really defining something you want to create experience or change in your life. It's, it's interesting. How old is your, is your, um, you have, you have your grandkids you were mentioning. How old are they? A set of twin boys who are two, almost three, and a, just a, another grandson who's just turned five. Oh, so. that's great. That's so, that's so exciting. I love that age because yeah. those, those kids, you know, they tell you what they want, right? Yeah, they're, they're right up front they're about good it, at right? It. They are risk right. takers. And it, absolutely. Um, they're not really worried about being uncomfortable yet because nobody has taught them 
how to judge themselves and, and to create that shame and everything that happens in school. And, and I have school age kids. I've got a freshman in high school. I've got a seventh grader. I've got a second grader. And my, my 14 year old, you know, she's, she's learning. She's learned very quickly uh, to be uncomfortable and to be very careful about expressing what you want. Because when you share what you want, people may judge you. Uh, people may not give you the feedback you want. And in school, it's not designed to help students and, and kids to answer the question, what do I want? It's more designed to do what we want you to do. Now, you can make some choices along the way, but it's pretty restrictive in terms of you exploring what you want. And I mention this because, and I mentioned the story in the book as well, uh, I was doing an event and there was a 17-year-old and I asked the student to engage in an exercise where I said, close your eyes and imagine you live in a world where you can go after what you want. There's no rejection. There's no fear. There's no shame. And after about 30 seconds, the student raised her hand and I said, yes. And she said, I, I can't do this. And I said, why? And she said, because no one's asked me what I want. Everybody's told me what I need to do. And that was a chilling moment because this idea of really being taught to express that. And we live in a world where you could be terrible at expressing what you want, but people will still want you. You can go to great schools, you can uh, fall in love, you can live an entire life uh, based on what other people want and be terrible at taking risks, which, which well, is what I think so many people struggle with. Well, I, I, as I'm listening to you, I was uh, driving over here to the studio that I've set up, and what's interesting is they were talking about uh, uh, about uh, Biden and wanting to get uh, 100 million vaccines into the arms of uh, 100 million people in the first 100 days of his of his being in office, and how challenging that is and maybe you know in terms of expectations it's not real or it's not realistic and as he gains more and has gained more information about where we stand in terms of being able to do that and distribute the vaccines it's almost impossible so uh, that's what I'm thinking about here's somebody this is what he wants this is what he says he wants and in order to accomplish it he has to acknowledge it right is that's what you're saying even if, if it's risky and it's a, a challenge well he's a guy who isn't afraid of wanting uh, I mean, to be president, to be in a position of leadership, you have to be bold when it comes to wanting, and you have to be great at rejection. And I want to make sure we talk about that as well, uh, because he, he's, he's a pro with this. You know, he gives people permission to respond however they're going to respond. And here's the thing. If Biden's able to put, uh, in, 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 uh, you know, if we're able to, to give 90 million people um, the vaccine, that's still a great success. Now, if we're able to give 80 million and maybe in the first hundred days, they're able to give 70 million. But because they've worked out the process of how to scale this, they're able to give 200 million people vaccines in the next hundred days. So this idea of wanting but not being tied to the outcome and wanting being vulnerable and being willing to not always get exactly what we want. I mean, that is that that just defines a winner learn mindset. And it really is a mindset because. There is no risk. I mean, for him, what's, what's the risk? You know, 70 million people, you know, however many million people. And also, it's early on in, in his presidency, so there isn't a lot at stake, especially somebody who seems to be, you know, have his heart into this. So this idea of, okay, well, how do we scale that down in our own life? 
and say, what do we want? Maybe it's, we want to feel better in our relationships with our family and friends, maybe in our, in our, in our marriage, maybe we want a different job. Uh, we want to feel fulfilled in a different way. We want to work through some spiritual challenges. So after we want the next big obstacle is it's uncomfortable. You know, again, Biden, any leader, they tend to be pretty good when it comes to, or at least some pretty good when it comes to getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Uh, how are you when it comes to rejection? I'm curious how you, how you respond. I'm pretty good at rejection. And I think a lot of it had, well, a lot of it has to do with experience and age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always view rejection. I, I ha- not every time I say that I, I, as a challenge, I think I view rejection as a challenge. Okay. And I, you know, then want to, why was I rejected? I don't take it as a rejection of my whole person. And I think just from a social work uh-huh. perspective, you take somebody like Donald Trump as a narcissist, when he experiences rejection, it's rejecting his whole person, not just what he did or didn't do. And, you know, that's a serious problem, not just with him, but with anybody who has a narcissistic personality. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty, hel- I think I'm, healthy um feel good about myself yeah. and if i rejected it's I, it, it's not they're not rejecting Catherine zox they're rejecting something that i did or said or, or whatever the situation is right and you're i think your 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 area of expertise and your life experience and the ability to do what you do yeah i think you, you have to be great at rejection uh, because otherwise you'd shrivel up and and hide <laughs> and and that's and that's that's something that they don't teach they don't teach us. Uh, so in the book, the first step is want something. The next step is get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And getting comfortable with the un- uncomfortable is rooted in an understanding of a truth of a law of nature called the universal rejection truth. And the universal rejection truth says not everyone and everything is always going to respond to me the way I always want. So that thing that you know, that thing that I know, the thing that so many of the, the people and patients you work with know or or experience this idea that you know someone's not giving me what I want. The universal rejection truth is is I it's it's changed my life because recognizing that there's something beyond me that no matter how interesting, attractive, dynamic, charismatic, no matter how much I have, whatever that is, not everyone and everything's going to always respond to me the way I want because there's a law of nature, and I'm able to separate myself from that law of nature so that now I can try and figure out. When I don't get what I want, is it me? Is it some, something else? Or is it just the universal rejection truth, this idea, this raw rejection, that not everyone and everything could always respond to me the way I want? You know, if a relationship doesn't turn out the way we want it to turn out, well, I could have done everything right, and my partner could have done everything right, and it might just be that the universal rejection truth of love says not everyone is always going to have the happy ending they want. When it comes to our family situations, when it comes to dealing with loss, there is a universal rejection truth. When it comes to the pandemic, nobody wanted this, but there's a law of nature that says there's things that I can't control, so I can embrace this truth. doesn't mean I need to like it, but I can accept it. And once I accept it, then rejection and feedback becomes information. Information doesn't have to be emotional. I can then process it. And what's cool about Win or Learn is I'm able to give people a, a way to filter through the feedback so that they're able to then take information that might have been very upsetting and thrown them into a tailspin. They're able to take that information and process it. And being able to have a system to process it 
really helps them to move forward so that they can find uh, value, uh, worth, happiness, hope, and all those things. So embracing this truth is, is important. I don't know if you talk about mindset. Is that something that ever comes up? In your show yeah, or mindset your does, Yes, mindset does. But I want to just go back to what you said and sort of put it in the context of your family, too, because what you have three children. Your youngest is how old? He's, uh, he's seven. He's seven. So, you know, you, what do you do? How do you help a seven year old to develop all of these things that we've been talking about or that you've been talking about? How do you begin to help the seven year old yeah. develop these skills? Yeah, I love that. I, I just love that question because I think that this can start, I, I work a lot with parents and this can start from the youngest age and uh, really embracing the fact that, you know, you can be so wonderful and your friend might not respond the way you want because sometimes friends just respond ways that we don't want them to respond. Um, even when it comes to people having a crush, if you have a crush, he's a little young for a crush, but sometimes that comes up. Some people are going to be really uncomfortable and, and they're not always going to respond the way you want. There's, this, there's, there's this, this thing called the universal rejection truth. And you can even introduce it early on in life uh, because what's so wonderful is as, as my kids go through their experiences, and we do this as parents and grandparents, we say, you know, you're amazing and, and you're incredible. And, you know, when somebody says something to you that tries to make you feel less, they feel like less. But the reason that so many people struggle is because they're trying to be wanted, included, and appreciated, and acknowledged, and liked by everyone. But not everybody's going to always like us. So that simple conversation of, you know, not everybody's going to always like you. You know, it's this thing of the universe. Everybody's not always going to give you exactly what you want, but it doesn't mean you're not amazing, right? Yeah. But then let's think, yeah. what's going on with that person? You know, maybe something's going on with them. This is the circumstance part. You know, I wonder what's going on in their life. I wonder what's going on in their home. Maybe their parents aren't letting them do certain things with you. So we're able to weave that in. So it, it, I it's think really, that's key, and I just want to interrupt you for a minute because I think that's been an issue, with, oh yeah. and I'm part of the baby boomer generation, of telling kids that they're perfect, they're wonderful, they can do anything, they can accomplish anything, and boy, if anything gets in their way, it's not your fault, it's the teacher's fault, it's somebody else's fault. There is kind of an overall... I think, sort of message that hasn't been so good over maybe the past, what, 20 years or 30 years of, of uh, childhood. I mean, it's, it's kind of the opposite of what you're saying, you know, maybe. It, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Catherine. Now, I'm no, sorry. go I ahead. So, you know, we could talk for two, three hours. I get yeah. so excited about this because uh-huh. it's not being taught. And we have more students who are hopeless. We have more young people who are struggling with depression. We have more young people who can't live up to expectations because the model, there, there isn't this model that says, I'm imperfect. Um, I struggle. You know, I tell my kids, uh, when I have, uh, you know, I, I've done thousands of speaking events. And, you know, when you do something, not all of them go as planned. And I tell them, I go, listen, I had this event and I didn't get the feedback I wanted and I feel terrible. I feel awful. You know, I'm really good at helping them to see that I'm flawed and I'm imperfect and people don't like me, but yet I love what I do. I feel that I'm offering something that helps other people and I'll never stop. So that, the idea of I'm like the, the most rejected guy in the world and <laughs> but you're a great I'm, role model. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I love it. Right. When I do events, my wife is like, how can you talk to middle schoolers? And I'm like, because I start off talking about how I was rejected every day, how I got rejected by my kids when I tried to wake them up, 
in the morning because they don't listen to me and how I come here. And I know you guys don't want to listen to me. And then I say, listen, if you want to listen, great. If you don't, that's great too. All I can do is offer something I think can help. And then all of a sudden they have all the power and everything's changed. So then they don't have to worry about, uh, you know, me forcing them into something. So, this, this rejection thing is so key because especially when it comes to growth mindset, Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, where we talk about a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. In order to have a growth mindset, you need to know that if you don't get the answer right, you still have value and self-worth. And understanding the universal rejection truth creates a doorway so that someone who is fixed in their way and is always looking at external outcomes as the affirmation of their value and worth when this universal rejection truth is part of the fabric of their thinking and part of their mindset, then they're able to grow and expand and still be worthy and deserving. Yeah. So I think in the context uh, of the pandemic, I, I think this is, I mean, it fits so well because as I see my friends or colleagues, the ones who are doing well and the ones who aren't are the ones who have been maybe rigid in their thinking and and very uh, strict about the, their behavior. And now the world is telling them, you can't do this, you can't do that. I mean, there are all mm-hmm. kinds of restrictions. And um, they feel that as a rejection. And yeah. That, the, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's so cool because, again, the concepts in this book are so simple. This book's like an hour and a half read. I mean, it's designed in such a simple way. But when you look at... Who are these people who are thriving? Who are the people who are struggling? Those who fight the truth are struggling. They're hating, hiding, and attacking and spending all their day and time doing this, all their days and times doing this. But those who accept the truth and go, okay, this is not what I wanted. This is uncomfortable. They're able to acknowledge this truth. And then the, the, the rest of the steps in this book, and I know we're getting towards the end of our time, is after you face the discomfort, it's people, places, and patience. It's who are the people I can surround myself with, virtually or physically. Where are the places I can put myself? This could even be a spiritual place that someone can put themselves in because they can't interact. You know, this is an opportunity to be able to look inward and find that space that maybe we didn't have, create new rituals and habits. So it's people, places, and patience. The patience piece is this will pass. Today is a day where we can see something passed. We're in a new phase. This too shall pass. So okay, now I want to ask you when you say this too shall pass, and I think that's key. That's important because I hear many people saying we're just it's we're going to be able to go back to normal and go back to the way it was. And I'm always you never go back to the way it was, and you don't right. want to go back to the way it was. I make that assumption, but that's an issue, and I hear this a lot. I mean, I'm sure that you do too. So it does. What you know, and I think that's that's kind of a critical sort of um, feeling that is not going to bode well for people if they're getting ready to go back to the way it was. Right. Well, I think that that symbolizes, you know what, I'm so uncomfortable with how it is that I want to go back to that safe place of where it was. And again, there's going to be a rude awakening because we can never truly go back there. You know, where we are is where we are and accepting that is key to being happy and balanced and fulfilled. So I think that those people are going to see that and we're going to see that come up and, and hopefully they'll accept it. And if they don't, then they're going to be living in a place of discomfort, more discomfort. Uh, There's a lot of things that we need to acknowledge that make us uncomfortable that we need to change. And I think a lot of people don't want to do that. And hopefully over the course of the next year, they will. And uh, things are going to be different in many ways and they're not going to be able to avoid it. Um, Hopefully once they, they need to read it. your book. 
It's cool. So, so I know, yeah. I know, I know we're getting towards the end, but yeah, we have about three minutes just, left. So go ahead. So let me just, let me just hit the bullet points of the stats because okay. it's just, it's super easy. So it's, what do you want? What makes you uncomfortable rooted in the universal rejection truth, uh, being great at the, the risk taking piece that it's people, places, and patients who are the people who can help you? Where are the places you can find support and encouragement? How long will it take to get there? Then it's telling your story as if it's happened, really sell, telling yourself it's, it's December 31st, 2021, here's what happened. So you can leapfrog all the fear and anxiety and all the things that, that keep you from moving forward. And then the last step is celebrate, reflect, and repeat. No matter where you are after you take your risk, you can celebrate because you've done something. When you do something, something happens. You can reflect if you get what you want, great. If not, then you can try and figure out what you can do differently or you can take a different risk. And then the final step is to repeat this process and to help people along the way. I've actually set up a risk-taking experiment and they can go through this. I'm actually in day, today's day three of this and I share uh, about a 10 to 15 minute video and then there's a quick little exercise and we, we have a whole group of people who are just taking risks, small risks, big risks, and walking through this process. Because this isn't just something you do once. This is something you do again and again, because life is a transition. Each phase is a change. Today is a big transition. Today is a day of transition. And then there is going to be uh, changes and transitions in all our lives, some that we welcome, some that are forced upon us. But if we have a framework, which is what I present in, in Win or Learn, it becomes much easier to manage all of the challenges that we're facing. Um, and uh, it's, it's just awesome. It's helped, my, it's helped me, and it, it's, it's, I think it's just going to – I'm offering it to the world, and I think it's going to help a ton of people. Yeah, I absolutely do. And I want – so I want to uh, give out the title of the book again, Win or Learn, and it's Harlan Cohen who wrote the book, who is the author. It's a – Win or Learn the Naked Truth About Turning Every Rejection into Your Ultimate Success. A very important book, especially at this particular time. So, Harlan, website or websites we can go to also to get information. Yeah. So, harlancone.com, H-A-R-L-A-N-C-O-H-E-N. So, harlancone.com. You can also find me on Facebook and you can find me on social media and it's at Harlan Cohen. And uh, you can also... You know, reach out to me, send me your questions. And if anybody wants to share some risks they want to take, I would just welcome you to participate in this. And, you know, I would love to do this again. It's, it's really fun talking to you and there's so yes. much we didn't cover. Okay. We'll do it again. This was great. I, I really enjoyed the interview and I do thank you. Yeah, this was a pleasure. All right. Wishing you and, and, and all your listeners a wonderful day, an exciting day of transition and change right. and hope and light and all those good things in the world. You too. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 